Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I saw the OJs the other day. I immediately thought of you, you know, because it was singing the song. So. Amanda Hayes is the president of AKH Financial Corp. They're at 1144A Pelican Bay Drive at Daytona Beach. Call 386-846-0658. Securities and investment services are offered through Sage Point Financial. Remember, FINRA, SIPC, AKH Financial, and Sage Point are independently operated. She's back after a world tour. I'm back. Amanda Hayes, back in studio on WNDB. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Happy to be here, yeah. even though it's raining in Florida. So you're supposed yeah. to come back to Florida, and it's supposed to be beautiful and sunshine. So, yeah. Did it rain in Ohio? Not really. <laughs> but I can tell you there was a lack of sunshine. <laughs> oh, really? Mm, dreary. Anyway. Not uh, too bad, though. She has offices. And matter of fact, uh, she's a neighbor of Dana Science now uh, with AKH Financial. Okay, so what's happened this week? What's been going on? Well, you know, we're halfway through the year. Hello, July 1st. We've made it through and things are are looking good. I mean, what a great end to the quarter yesterday. Strong off strong off start this uh, for July. You know, we've finished in the green across the board on the Dow, the Nasdaq and the S&P and the S&P 500 closed the second quarter. It was one of its best first half showings in more than like two decades and inclusive of today did you know that we've had 35 record closes this year for the s&p 500 and almost a dozen of those have fallen on money talk thursdays wow yet another one today so it's a lot of good stuff and good luck charm that you are (laughs) just amazing data you know and it there's data out there that even shows that we've got over 2 million people are going through tsa checkpoints per day and that's with not a lot of international flights even going out. So even though you've got Southwest all over the, the news, if you got the journal there, um, they've been canceling flights left and right. They've got flight attendants calling out sick. They've got some bad weather, What's technology. They're, they're particularly affected right now? Yeah, Southwest, they've been all over the news for the past week, just having tons, hundreds of canceled flights and everything from technology issues to bad weather. But, you know, people are traveling. The economy is roaring and people are just getting out there. And, you know, I talked about IPOs a few weeks back. And today, Krispy Kreme, they, they launched today. Their IPO shot up pretty well. So if you have been looking for a very specific strategy focused on donuts, this is your sign. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, it's it, the headline in the Wall Street Journal, stocks close out record half, but unease grows over risk. Well, I mean, well, that's always going to be a, a fear that investors have. It's like, is this too good to be true? Because the market is just in this constant levitation pattern, but it's all the money that's out there. There is an overwhelming amount of liquidity. So is making these markets fueled. You've got low rates, like the equity utopia I keep talking about. What was that old saying they used to have years ago? Something in May and then go away. Sell in May and go away? Yeah. Yeah, if you followed that, it didn't work. No kidding. (laughs) So what's going to be happening in the second half? 
Well, um, you know, I, I just think it's going to be more of the same. You know, tomorrow is the jobs report and it might tell us a little bit more about the improving labor markets and, you know, whether inflation is going to show up in the form of higher wages, which is, is what we need. You've had 26 states eliminate the extra unemployment benefits now, and hopefully we're going to create 7 million jobs this year. And I'm just not sure when they're going to do that. But 2021 is is likely going to create a massive amount of jobs and all that money that's out there is we're seeing it. You've got record corporate profits. You've just got crazy growth. And it's next year that we're going to be concerned about. But for now, you know, it's Fourth of July weekend and I anticipate a lot of people will be gathering and celebrating. I think Americans have spent over a billion dollars on fireworks um, over the years. And, you know, I remember as a kid, my brother and I used to throw those little pop rocks at each other and chase each other with sparklers and you did all that stuff when you were yeah you do that do you still do fireworks and stuff on the weekends no No? i'm too worried about losing a finger or something yeah me neither (laughs) (laughs) okay um with i have to have keep asking because i saw a report the other day that said americans are actually starting to save now i don't know if it's because they got all this money from the federal government or what but and they're spending and they're buying certain types of items but other items they're not buying so are they buying luxury items do we know if the economy is growing because of luxury item purchases well i think everything is getting an an upbeat in spending when the pandemic hit you certainly saw an increase in savings because nobody could go anywhere and you know that is now transferring from you know sweatpants and uh, computer equipment for staying at home to traveling or purchasing things and you know consumers are definitely out there purchasing furniture and appliances and cars and just a lot of stuff going on well and i don't want to take you too far away from your topic material amanda but i'm I'm curious insurance rates are going up a lot we know utility costs are going up and of course the course cost of housing is that likely to take away from where investors will put money because their carrying costs are going up Oh, yeah. Carrying costs is a a huge factor that sometimes a lot of people don't take into consideration. And when you've got um, your your insurance, that's a great example because insurance costs are going to increase. And if you have prices that are going up, then insurance is going to go up because they're not going to keep that price the same and still insure for the same risk. They've got to be able to factor that out so that they can cover it. They want to insure against what their losses are. It's just like with banks how they require um, more creditworthy lenders, you know, or creditworthy borrowers. They're gonna want a little bit more skin in the game when it comes to, you know, what that trade-off is in the relationship. It's always risk reward, depending on what it is you're talking about. And it's important to note that when you're talking about insurance, there's many different types of insurance companies. So the insurance companies that I work with, I specifically focus on life insurance and long-term care. So the companies that I'm working with, when you look back in the recession in 2008, you had a 127 banks that went under, not a single insurance company. And that's because not a life insurance. <laughs> yeah. Very different from those that would insure against like a flood or homeowners or car or things like that because it's a different type of transferring with risk. So the life insurance companies, they have to require that double excess cash reserves in order to remain solvent. So that if you had every single person who had a policy pass away, you've got to have that solvency. So that's why they require that higher reserve and it keeps them more well capitalized. Okay, here's a specific question. Um, This person has a term insurance policy that's been worth about $300,000. 
it's going to sunset. And they're wondering, are they better off to try to renew it 300000 they're in their 60s, and take out you know, a 10 or 20-year policy or to go with something whole life? Whole life, I would think, would be very expensive, but wanted to bring it to you. I oh, realize yeah, there's would, a lot of variables, but what do you think? Yeah, that would be wildly expensive. I mean, once you get north of 60 your mortality costs and your expenses, which is the cost of insurance, your COI, those things are going to be more expensive and you're eating a lot of those costs and you're not really saving as much. So, you know, typically you'd, you'd get a permanent policy when you had a little bit more, you know, maybe younger, (laughs) maybe when you You, were younger, you could, it just depends on the circumstances because, you know, sometimes it is just cheaper to rent it, the term insurance, which is renting your insurance. So those numbers have to make sense. And I do those calculations to make sure that it actually makes economic sense to do a permanent insurance based on what the person's individual needs and goals are. So if you're 60 years old, you got a term policy that's about to expire. If you let it expire, sometimes they roll into what's called annual renewable term, which is extremely expensive. And then it's just going up every single year because the insurance company has to trade off that risk of what if this person passes away in one year? Okay. So it's going to be a much higher premium. Whereas if you structured it to a permanent policy, you would spread out that premium in essence. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of variables to concern yourself with for this person, but if you get a term policy, you may not get it for as much as three, in this case, 300,000, you may get it for less if the premiums are too high. You have options, right? You can reduce it. You can't increase the face amount without getting underwritten again. Okay. So most life insurance policies will allow you to reduce the face amount, no problem. But increasing it, uh, not always. Do you have to get an exam? Do insurance companies still require exams on even if you're reducing the number? So, well, reducing reducing it, no. Um, Unless it depends on the extension of it. So every term policy is going to have a period that you can extend it and convert it. So it'll have a convertibility phase of when you can make it into a permanent policy. And they're all going to differ depending on what the insurance company is. Um, nowadays with COVID, uh, it used to be where you wanted life insurance. We'd you know have you sign a HIPAA. We'd get your doctor uh, information. And then we'd send out a paramed to do the vitals on you. With COVID, that's not as easy as it used to be. So what they're doing now is we're signing the HIPAAs, we're collecting the the medical records, and so many hospitals and doctors are doing the inpatient portals. So they're able to collect a lot of data through um, different online medical records now. And then if someone's health is, you know, very questionable, like say they've got, you know, AFib or they've got a a situation of a, a cancer in the past of, you know, within six or seven or eight years, then they might require the paramed. Uh, or they could just send them back to the doctor to get new vitals so that they can get that information uh, a little easier than sending out uh, a nurse to their home. Okay. Uh, this one, can we hear a little bit from Amanda about buying gold? Gold, you can hold gold you can fold what's the deal what is the good the bad and the really ugly we need to know before buying any real gold gold (laughs) certificates is there a numerical example of purchase no dollar tanks does gold value go up as a viable source of currency a lot of questions i think anyone that's holding gold right now or any type of metal or commodity is going to be able to see that the normal fluctuation in price compared to like the dollar 
isn't really working how it's always worked in the past. So it's throwing a lot of people off, whereas they would normally hedge against the market with something like a gold or, um, you know, bonds. They'd use something that has traditionally worked in the past. But when you flood the system with all of this money, I mean, everything kind of levitates up and it skews different uh, asset classes. So there's no price discovery to be able to hedge against certain things. So gold right now is... It's fluctuated between, um, you know, going up, going down, going up, going down. And it's, I think, what is it, around like 1,800 an ounce or something now. Mm. And I think the GLD stock has is, is fluctuated somewhere between like a 162 and a 180. And it's just never left that zone for quite some time now. So it's not a typical hedge that we've used in the past because of all of this oversupply of liquidity. The media never stops talking about inflation. Will second quarter earnings be higher than the first quarter now? Well, you know, low interest rates are very bullish for stocks. So, you know, whether you're bullish or bearish, there's a lot of controversy out there over the prospect of higher inflation. And the thing is, is that inflation is, it's not just a general rise, you know, in prices as such. It's, if it's an increase in the supply of money, which then sets in motion a general increase in the price of goods and services in terms of money. So if you've got the Fed that's you know, printed 30% more money in the past year than we had in February of 2020, you know, if, if output doesn't grow, then prices are going to have to rise. And that's why you've got the inflation now and you've got everything rising as it is and the market going up. So I, I heard an economist um, simplify the discussion of what's happening right now. And I think it, it bears repeating because not everybody can fi follow the financial jargon and so if you think of it like this, if, if you got 10 apples and you got $10 and each apple is a dollar, you know, I should be saying if you have 10 Krispy Kreme donuts, but I don't want to say Krispy Kreme donuts that many times. So. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of Krispy Kreme donuts, but <laughs> you got 10 apples, you got $10 and apples a dollar each. And then if you increase your money supply and you got $13, but you still got 10 apples, then those apples are worth $1.30 a piece. Well, if you throw in a disruption of supply chains, and you actually only have eight apples, then those apples are worth a lot more. So the only way to fix it is we gotta have 13 apples to try to get back to some level of normalcy and there's just no way that that's gonna happen today. So part of it is gonna get fixed with the supply chain issues, um, but it's gonna be a, a temporary problem and the bigger problem is still gonna be that wage increase to be able to make everything balance out because sustainable demand-driven inflation, it mm. requires sustainable wages to support those higher prices. So this artificial stimulus is is making it really difficult to, you know, kind of have analysis. Okay. I <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.